Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 88. How about a transatlantic cruise with another week touring Northern Europe? That's exactly what podcast listener Beth is doing very soon, and this week, we're previewing her upcoming 15-night cruise aboard Royal Caribbean's Serenade of the Seas. We'll discuss why she chose the sailing, as well as what her plans are, and how planning this kind of a cruise is different than what she's used to. Here we go. I think the only thing better than talking about Royal Caribbean Cruise is talking about a Royal Caribbean Cruise with friends. And as many of you know, I have an open invitation to our listeners to join me to discuss your upcoming Royal Caribbean Cruises. And this week, we have Beth Wygant from Fort Worth, Texas, who is going on a 15-night cruise aboard Serenade of the Seas from Boston to Copenhagen. That's a nice transatlantic cruise. Welcome aboard the podcast, Beth. Well, thank you, Matt. Thank you so much for having me on. I Really, I'm looking forward to talking about this cruise because I am obviously very excited. Yeah, it's just, that sounds like a great one and certainly not a typical cruise. And I know that, Beth, when you had uh, sent me the email about your cruise, you mentioned you're, you're venturing out of your comfort zone in not only, I guess, going to Europe, but also doing a transatlantic. So let's talk about why did you pick this cruise? Well, we've wanted to go to Europe. Number one, we wanted to become world travelers. And you can't become a world traveler if you don't leave the same thing that you always do. And we've done so many Caribbean <laughs> cruises. I mean, we love going to the Caribbean, but it's gotten to that point where people say, oh, where are you going? We're like, I don't know. We're just getting on the ship and wherever we go, we're there. We've already <laughs> been to everything. And we I mean, we even packed the night before because we're just, we just know what to do. And this cruise came available and we thought we've never left out of Boston. We've never been to Europe. Let's do it. And so my husband and I and our 13-year-old son are going. We are going. So again, we're very excited. That's great. I mean, I think this is a wonderful idea that you guys are having. It's, and we should mention, by the way, it's uh, you, your husband, and your 13-year-old son. And, and I love the idea of you know just trying something new. That's the, that's the real great thing about Royal Caribbean is that they have so many cruises, so many different places. And you obviously are going to, so is this basically, you're, you're taking the cruise as a means to get to Europe, and then you're going to do a little more sightseeing in Europe? No, this is such a long cruise, and we are not retired by any stretch of the imagination, and we only have X amount of vacation days. And we have a funny feeling that we're going to be among the youngest people on the cruise because people generally don't have 15 days of vacation, or in the end, this is going to be 18 days. That's a lot of vacation time. So that's it. This is our big trip for the year, and it's really pretty much a trip of a lifetime. I don't know that we'll ever get a chance to do this particular type of cruise again. I mean, we'd like to do more transatlantics, but probably not with the 13-year-old in tow. As you can sure. imagine, he's extremely excited about this. He just, he's just he been studying all about the different countries we're going to, so he will probably be a little bit of a know-it-all, and I'm going to have to rein him in on that one. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, you know, this is interesting. I like what, what, what you chose about this. You went for the transatlantic. And why did you choose the transatlantic over, say, a cruise that starts in Europe and you go to a number of different cities? Well, we like being on the ship. The ship is the destination for us a lot of times, too. I mean, seriously, we go to the Caribbean and we get on the ship and we don't even get off anymore because we just like what the ship has to offer. And um, we wanted to have that both uh, both worlds. We wanted to be able to enjoy time on the ship and get to see different things, go to different places that we've never yeah. been to before. This is actually a really interesting cruise because I heard – Transatlantic, and I'm thinking, okay, you get on in Boston in this case, and then you're gonna get off, you're gonna spend ten days at sea, and then you're gonna get off in England or wherever, 
and that's it. But you're actually you're there's a lot to this. There's only what, one, two, three, four, five, six or so sea days, and then you're in Ireland, uh, the UK, France, Belgium, uh, Amsterdam, Sweden, and then you end up in Denmark. This is a really cool itinerary. It, it it's just marvelous. It's almost everything up there in the northern Atlantic that or northern Europe that we've wanted to see. I mean, about the only thing that's missing is Russia, and going all the way up to <laughs> say Estonia and, and things like that. But it's like, well, one of these days we'll pick up that part of it. But to be able to see such a diverse part of northern Europe just is mind boggling to us. It's a, you know it's, it's going to be a quick, but. Hey, at least we get a taste of everything, and we are true tourists this time, so we're going to enjoy seeing some of the tourist things. Blarney Castle, Stonehenge, Paris, going to Normandy Castles. We're going to see the windmills and go taste cheese, go to uh, <laughs> try chocolate in, in Belgium, you know, Belgium chocolates. And, yeah. You know, just uh, even at the very end, we're spending the night in Copenhagen so we can go to Travoli Gardens, which is the world's or Europe's oldest amusement park. And we're, we're doing that because why not? We're there. <laughs> I so. know. To, quote, to quote a uh, former Royal Caribbean uh, tra- uh, slogan, right? The, mm-hmm. the nation of why not? Well, there you go. You're, you're going <laughs> right for it. Right. No, it's, it's pretty exciting. But it, I'd have to tell you, something that's big, we can't be so um, laissez-faire. We can't be so nonchalant about it. We had to actually do some planning in advance. And... One of the first things that we discovered is we were looking at our passports and we had to go and get our son's passport renewed because although it didn't expire during the cruise, it expired shortly after. And we found out that they could refuse him admittance on the ship if the passport was going to expire within, say, a week or two after the cruise was over on the off chance that he got stuck somewhere in Europe, which the likelihood of that happening, of course, wouldn't. So... I strongly recommend if you're going to try something like this, check your passports. You want to have plenty of time on the passport after the cruise is over. So that's for everybody out there that maybe hasn't looked at their passport recently. Check your dates. Absolutely great advice there. Now let's talk about the the ship, of course. You're going on Serenade of the Seas. What category of a stateroom did you get? Oh, okay. Now I'm going to feel stupid. We have an – we have a – a window view. That's all we're going for. I'm not sure. Ocean view. Yep. Ocean view. Thank you. We decided to do that because we're going to be in the Atlantic Ocean in April. It's going to be really cold. We wanted a view, but we don't want to be tempted by going out onto a balcony where it's 30 degrees outside. It's just not the type of weather that you'd want to be outside too much until we get to port when it should warm up into the 50s. So <laughs> I've been checking the weather report so I can pack appropriately because that's one of those things you have to be aware of your environment when you're going someplace new. You have to know what the temperature is going to be so you can pack. And we are going to be gone so long that we've decided we're going to take advantage of the ship's onboard service for laundry this time and not pack for or try to pack for all 18 days that we're going to be gone. So we had to, we've had to think about these things. <laughs> <laughs> what about onboard entertainment or, and, and restaurants? Did you book anything in advance already for your time on Serenade? We did. We've only booked one thing on advance for the restaurants, and that's the chef's table. We're actually celebrating our anniversary on the ship, and although my son can't attend it with us, hey, there's pizza. He can go down and get his pizza that <laughs> night. But 
thinking about the dynamics of this sort of ship, there's only uh, three available restaurants, well, no, four uh, available restaurants outside the main dining room. So there's not going to be a lot of opportunities, uh, or actually there are a lot of opportunities, but the tables themselves in the main dining room are usually filled. We'll always have company there. So we'll probably eat most of our meals with the other people because it's going to be a pretty tight knit community. There's not, it's not going to be like the big ships. I mean, I've been on the Oasis where you've got 6,000 people or I don't know, 5,000 people on there. And and I've been on littler ships and I find that the little ships tend to, people tend to clump together and stay together and are I don't know, more chummy in a way. And so there's this atmosphere of you always meet for dinner because, you know, have gotten to know everybody on your table. It's just different. The bigger ships aren't the same way as the little ships are. So I don't know. We've always had great table mates on the, the smaller ships. Wonderful. And that's great. That's the kind of, that's what's great about, I mean, real, I love, I love the traditional dining uh, mm-hmm. and I'm certainly not the, I'm not of the demographic you would think would like that, but I actually do love it. I really enjoy going toward – I love having the same wait staff every night. I love having the rapport of people you just randomly meet at your table. I mean we've, we've had great luck with the, our table mates, and so I totally understand where you're coming from. And you know, mm-hmm. dinner is, is an experience in and of itself. It's not just, you know, okay, you're eating food. This is you know really an opportunity for you to indulge in perhaps one of the great things Royal Caribbean does in terms of uh, onboard – I I didn't even call it entertainment, even though it's not. It's just it's dining, but it's a lot of fun. Oh yes, I mean we know that there's a certain set way of menus and things like that, but it's it gets kind of exciting on these longer cruises because they do go off the standard seven day menus, and it's like, ooh, I wonder what they're going to come up with tonight. (laughs) So we've had a lot of fun, and we've made long lasting friends. And one of the things I've learned to do is now I take little. Business cards are – they're really not business cards because I don't have a business. But I put my Facebook name on there and I put just basic little information and email address and I pass them out. And I've stayed friends with some of these people for years because we, we've, we've been met on a cruise and we ate dinner together. So now we're lifelong buddies. It's not a bad thing at all. Yeah, and that's cool. a wonderful idea. Yeah. My, my younger son, he makes up little cards too because he has passed them out to people on – the ship and he's friends with them with the children that he has met although this time we suspect there's not going to be too many kids so far we haven't heard of any children going on this cruise but my 13 year old's got an old soul soul so he will enjoy just the company he has he's he's good with everybody he likes everybody absolutely now you mentioned earlier you know talking about planning and you know i love pre-cruise planning for me it's <laughs> it's almost as fun as the actual cruise itself almost and oh, you know, the you, anticipation. Exactly. <laughs> it's just, you know, kind of researching. It, it's a great way to pass the time. I think it's one of the best ways other than just, geez, how many days do we have left until our cruise? And, you know, preparing for this kind of a cruise, like you said, you're you're a lot. I think you're like a lot of our listeners, including myself, who know the Caribbean and North American cruises very well. But venturing out to something different. How did you tackle the pre-cruise planning aspect of this cruise in terms of, you know, where did you start and what, you know, how is it different? Than maybe some of your past cruises. Well, we started thinking about certain things, like for example, parking at the airport for 18 days. That's a long time, and we began to look at the cost of parking at the airport. Now, I have older children who are quite capable of driving us to the airport, but they work, 
So I didn't want to ask them to take time off. And I started thinking, and this is going to sound really funny, but do you remember that movie Home Alone where the little boy gets left at home? Yes. Well, the family had hired vans to take them to the airport. And I thought, I wonder if we could hire somebody. So we contacted a black car service or limo service and found out that the cost to have them come and pick us up and take us to the airport and then bring us back from the airport was awash with what it would cost to actually park at the airport. So it's not going to cost us any more to hire somebody to come out with a limo and take us to the airport than it is for us to park at the airport. So (laughs) we're going to have a limo come get us and take us. And when we get off the plane, when we come back from Europe, they're going to be standing there with our name on one of those little cardboard cards and saying, hey, we're here. We're going to take you home so you guys don't have to worry about getting to your car and everything. We've never done anything like that. And in this case, because of the length, it's worth it because it's not going to cost us any more than it would just to park up there. And uh, the stress reduction, just having them drop us off at the curb instead of trying to park the car and haul the luggage and all that stuff. Yes, it's going to be wonderful. (laughs) So a big thank you to Macaulay Culkin for inspiring you to do this. (laughs) Exactly. But that was like one thing. It was another thing. It was like picking out our flights. We, because this is not going to, I mean, admittedly, it's not a cheap trip to do this. It's not something that is, you can just come up with a, a, you know, a thousand dollars and throw it down. It's, we had to budget things out. And so we bought tickets for the trip home first then we paid for the cruise off in installments, and then we purchased the tickets for the airplane fares to Boston. We booked things for the excursions. Um, as we had a little extra money, we'd, we'd book an excursion, and we would look at other excursions that were available through other sources like cruise critics and things like that and make decisions on what we wanted to do and where we wanted to do it. So we paid for this bit by bit. We planned like uh, we like wine at night so we bought the wine package we paid for the gratuities when we had a garage sale we just did different things so we're walking into this with virtually nothing but the smoothies to pay for and the little loving cups that i have to have every night after my drink for my drink after dinner but we've pretty much we sat down and we listed out what are we going to need we're going to need those tickets hotel rooms um we're going to need to get Money, figure out what to do with the cell phone, cleaning the refrigerator out, all these little things we wrote down in a long list and planned it out. What to do with the dogs. You know, there's, you just have to be organized. You have to think about what yep. you're doing. One of the things that came up that was kind of interesting, though, that I don't know if it's been discussed or not on any of your podcasts, I don't remember it, was uh, – Drugs. Now, that sounds like a funny thing to say, but if you have prescriptions for certain things, we discovered that if your prescription were to run out in the middle of your cruise, well, if you're overseas, it's really hard to get a refill. Some of the insurance companies will not allow you to fill your prescriptions early, and so you have to get an override. So you have to contact the doctor to get this, and especially if you're on statins or, um, you know, for cholesterol or high cholesterol and things like that, you have to get permission in advance to get an override from your insurance company so you can get the next set if you get 30 days or 90 days worth of pills. It's a pain, but I figured that some of your listeners might want to know that so they can look at if they have medications to plan ahead and get that taken care of so they don't find themselves going, I'm going away and I have to have more medication and you're telling me I can't 
But other things like I use the patch. I'm going in the North Atlantic. It's going to be bumpy. So I talked to my doctor seven, eight months ago and got my prescription for the patch. Because depending on where you are in the country, they make them up in batches. And sometimes if you miss the batch, you don't get it. You don't get your medication. So Dramanine sometimes doesn't cut it in the choppier waters. Yeah, I know but, uh, what you mean. But it's, it's a yeah. good advice, though, about about drugs. Although we will do an upcoming podcast, I'm sure, on uh, narcotics if you'd like, and we can talk about oh. that. <laughs> that was totally oh. on on the schedule. You, you just ruined one of the upcoming episodes. Oh, but I right. am so sorry. <laughs> well, one of the things that we do is we sit down and we go from head to toe. What do we need to bring with us when it comes? We call it the pharmacy. It's like. It's everything, including things like your glasses or if we're going into the Caribbean and we know one of our members of our family, my, one of my grandsons always needs to have uh, things for swimmer's ear. We list out all the little things that we would want to take with us so our lives are more comfortable, whether it be heartburn medicine or, you know, antifungal for a foot infection or whatever. We, we make sure we bring something along with us and that's where the thing about high cholesterol drugs came into play is, is learning about making sure we're prepared with all the different things that we need for our quote unquote little private pharmaceutical on board the ship. <laughs> I like it. Well, this is some good stuff here. And, you know, I think you're, you're going to have a wonderful time on the screen. Sounds like great sailing. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'd be really excited. I'm sure you're, you're winding down here. Or you're leaving later this month, but mm-hmm. before we let you go, we want to ask, of course, like all the uh, guests we have on this podcast, some quick questions to get to know you a little bit better. So I'm going to ask you a couple of uh, questions here. Just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Okay. Favorite restaurant on a Royal Caribbean ship? Main dining room. I like it. Nice. I really do like the main dining room. <laughs> it's great. I love the MDR. Wonderful. Preferred drink while on a Royal Caribbean cruise? Those little love- loving cups, the little cordials that they serve after dinner. I don't know if you've ever had those, but they come in little glasses. You can keep the glasses, but after we had about 30 glasses, we stopped taking them home. But they're – oh, they're so good. They're so good. Uh, Favorite port of call to visit? Bermuda. I love Bermuda. Yes. We – Got to go on one of the older ships, the Empress of the Sea, on one of her last voyages out there. So we got to go, instead of to the standard place that they take you to, uh, King's Wharf, I think it is, we actually go in, got to go into the smaller bay before they closed it down to the cruise ships. And so I loved it there. Wonderful. And lastly, favorite song on the radio or iPod today? Oh, it's New Basement Tapes, Florida Keys. I love it. They're an indie band and... Every time I hear Florida Keys, I think to myself, I need to go on another Caribbean cruise. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, congratulations. I think you, this is the first song I had no idea what it was when I asked this question. Usually I have like a hint or I know of this song. Nope. No, You've completely nope. stumped me on this one. Nope. <laughs> nope. It's a true small indie band, but I just love the nice. sing-songness of their uh, measure. But I'm very eclectic. I listen to everybody's music. So it may be Sugar Ray one day, the Beatles the next. Who knows? <laughs> uh, <laughs> awesome. Know. Well, Beth, have a great time. We can't wait to talk to you when you get back and let us know all about your wonderful experience. Oh, Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me. I got to say, I think Beth picked out a great cruise. When she first emailed me about a transatlantic, I figured, okay, she gets on, like I said earlier, and then, you know, somewhere in North America, and she gets off in England, and it's just a bunch of sea days. But the fact that she's basically, it's basically two cruises. It's a transatlantic, and then it's a North European cruise, which I think she picked out a wonderful itinerary, and 
what a great way to to blow your entire vacation <laughs> for the year on one particular vacation. But I think she's having a great time, so can't wait to talk to her when she gets back. And of course, I love talking to you each and every episode. And one of the things I always want to do is make sure I recognize everyone who helps this podcast out. One of the best ways, in fact, the best way you can help this podcast out is by sharing a great review on iTunes. It helps other people find the podcast and we help get more info people in here, share more information. It's a very helpful thing all around. And we've had some great reviews actually in the last couple of weeks. I haven't been able to chance to read them, but I want to make sure take time to read all the reviews. It's my way of saying thank you. And our first one is from MCO Bean, who writes, I've listened to every episode and really enjoy the way Matt presents the information in a fun and interesting way. Thank you, MCO Bean. Next, we have a review from Dennis Heinel. Thanks, Matt, for the great podcast. After getting hooked on cruising on a short Disney cruise, I started looking for more affordable options for our family of five. Your enthusiasm and passion for Royal Caribbean have proven to be effective as I recently booked a Royal Caribbean cruise for Alaska in 2016. Thanks to you and MEI Travel, they have been awesome and extremely helpful in booking our first Royal Caribbean cruise. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Dennis, and thank you for supporting our sponsor. Also, we have a review from Jose Pena, who writes, If you never cruised before or have cruised many times, this is the podcast for you. As a new cruiser, we'll start to learn all about cruise travel, or if you're like me, you'll pick up new information or a new idea for your next cruise. This is a must-listen weekly podcast for all. Thank you, Matt. Jose, I appreciate it. Thank you. Very kindly written. And we have one more review. It's from White Sox fan who writes, Matt does an excellent job of providing relevant and up-to-date content each week. The podcast is highly entertaining and informative. Whether you're a newbie or a veteran cruiser, there is something for everyone in Matt's podcast. Keep up the good work. Wow. Guys, thank you so much for the wonderful reviews. And again, if you take time to write a review in iTunes, I will take the time to read it. It's the least I can do. You guys do a wonderful job. And really, it <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't come up with the words to say how thankful I am that all of you are so supportive of this podcast. It really just makes it all worthwhile in the end. And you know, that's what's fun. It's what I love doing. It's a fun thing for me to do, and I hope it's fun for you to listen as well. All right, let's get to your emails. That's right. Each week, we read your emails, and if you want to send your email, you can email me, Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Our first email this week comes from Penelope Tolman, who writes, Matt, we're sailing on Independence of the Seas on the 22nd of this month out of Port Everglades, and I'm hoping you can give me a definitive answer on the time change that is coming up, as I understand it. In the Grand Cayman and Falmouth in Jamaica, will stay on Eastern Time, while Florida moves on to Daylight Savings Time. So I need to know if Independence of the Seas will stay at Eastern Daylight Time or move to Eastern Savings Time once it leaves Florida, or will the ship just stay on whatever time is posted and itinerary changes will reflect that actual time, while local time may differ by maybe an hour. I'm playing an independent excursion on both locations and wonder if my 9.15 local time arrangement for a tour in Georgetown is going to be a bit tight if the ship arrives around, say, 8 to 8.30 a.m. That is, if the ship is still the same time as land. Thanks. This is, this is obviously a very complicated question. The, the basis of, of time change in general uh, across any Royal Caribbean ship anywhere in the world is it's up to the captain. Some ships you know, in the Caribbean here, you know, regardless of daylight savings time or anything like that, you know, there's usually, if you're going to the Western Caribbean, there's an hour difference when you get over to, like, Cozumel, as an example. There's uh, the time changes somewhere over there. And so it's up to the captain. Some ships will change with the time. So when you go, when you enter Central Time, you will then, everybody's clock gets moved back an hour. But 
other ships, they just stay on the ship time. Ship time usually refers to whatever time it was when you get the time zone it was when you get on board. So that would be Eastern time. It can be kind of confusing. It's more of an issue, I think, on cruises that definitely traverse many time zones. As an example, Beth's cruise, she's going to be going across many, many, many time zones. So, and again, this is a thing that's up to the ship's captain. And my answer to you, Penelope, is I think you're going to have the same kind of situation. It's going to be up to the captain to decide how you're going to proceed. And they'll be conveyed to you pretty quickly in terms of announcements, the cruise compass. And basically, if you talk to anybody, any of the crew, they'll be able to help you with that as well. But I think it's uh, something you just have to be aware of and pay attention to. It's always confusing to me because I always forget that I I, I keep track of whatever the the ship, you know, the captain gives us. But we get on, on shore and it's like, Oh yeah, we're an hour ahead of everybody. It's only like, why is nothing open? Because it's seven a.m. and we, you know, we're here at quote unquote eight o'clock, but it's really you know seven a.m. Anyway, so that's how that kind of works. Hopefully that makes sense to you, Penelope, and thank you for the email. Next, we have an email from John P. Great coverage on the use of wow bands. What I'm curious about is whether or not passengers will have to use a C-pass when returning to the ship through local security gates, or will the wow band and a photo ID be required? It would be great if a crew member were stationed at the security gate and could scan the wow band, thus eliminating the need to take a C-pass ashore. Any clarification is welcome. Well, John, I can tell you from experience, the wild bands do not work for this. You have to bring your sea pass cards when you're going ashore. The reason is, it's not so much that they have the, I I guess the, the scanner would theoretically work. What they really want is before you can even get to the Royal Caribbean people, there's going to be security officials right as you enter the the port area, essentially. And these are not Royal Caribbean employees. These are usually local. They're either local security for the port or they're actually law enforcement officers. Regardless, these people don't have access to the scanners. They're just doing their job, so to speak. And they need to be able to see that not only are you a passenger, you're a passenger on this itinerary. You're on this sailing. So what they're going to look for is not that, you know, okay, you're on Royal Caribbean's Quantum of the Seas, but they, they want to see, okay, you're on the April 5th sailing, whatever it happens to be, right? You, they want to make sure that you're on, and, and the wild bands don't convey that, and again, they don't have access to information. Once you get past them, yes, theoretically, that would be okay, but you need the C pass card, and that's what you should be bringing with you, and they'll, they'll tell you that also, but for right now, at least, the wild bands are not the only thing you need in order to get back on the board. In fact, even before you leave the ship, they're going to make sure that they have your C pass cards. You have to scan when you leave, so there's really, I really can't imagine you're going to get out of the ship without it, the C pass card, that is, and you should be all set, but I would love for the wild band actually to be the only thing to use, and that way it's one less thing I have to worry about, and that way you never have to see that C pass card again. Next, we have an email from Luke G'day, Matt. Loving the show, mate. Got two points I want to share first. You've had a lot of emails about communicating while on board. I wanted to point out on the phone in every cabin. Not only can you call between cabins for free, but also the phone located throughout the ship. When you're not in your cabin, people can leave voicemail messages. Not as good as having mobile phones, but then again, you're on holiday. Who wants to carry a phone? That's a great point, by the way. You can do that. And there are phones everywhere. In fact, there's actually, when I was in North Star on Quantum of the Seas, there's a phone in there. So there's usually phones in the elevator lobbies and a lot of different areas around the ship. So he's, you know, in this case, Luke is right. You can just pick up the phone, get in contact with someone who's in their stadium, or leave that voicemail. Of course, they have to make sure to check the voicemail, but (laughs) it's better than nothing, right? Luke also adds, second, next time somebody complains about traveling a few hours to go on a Caribbean cruise, remind them your Aussie listeners have to fly fly 22 plus hours to get there. Wow. I give you credit, Luke. It's, (laughs) It's a long flight, although you are getting a heck of a lot more cruises these days down under uh, with Voyager of the Seas and Mariner of the Seas and of course some of the other ships like Radiance of the Seas which have been there for years but it, there's more options than there have ever been in not only Asia but also down in Australia and New Zealand so 
you're on the right track. I think things are definitely trending in your direction, so enjoy. Thank you for the email, Luke. Let's move on to an email from our good friend Michael Poole. Now that Royal Caribbean has announced the third Oasis class ship, Harmony of the Sea, sailing year-round out of Port Everglades starting in fall 2016, they'd also announced the specialty restaurant Wonderland will be found on Harmony. So my question to you is where do you think we'll find this restaurant? What do you think will make room for this space? If I had to guess, I'd say be located on the promenade deck where the champagne bar is located. Keep the great work on the podcast, and let's get excited. We have some cruising to do. This is a great question, Michael. And for this question, I get to cheat because I think as many of our listeners probably already know, this information already came out. So I apologize for being late on this. The answer is it's actually on deck 11 and 12. I never would have guessed that, by the way, even if I, I'll be honest, if I had gone back and answered this question in time, I would have been like, yeah, I think promenade sounds right. In fact, it's surprising. It's on 11 and 12, which on Allure of the Seas is where the concierge club is. In fact, not only was I, would I be have been wrong that it's not on, like, say, the Royal Promenade, like you had mentioned, Michael, I would have been wrong that it would have been two decks. I can't, can't even imagine what that's going to look like because on certainly the Quantum Class ships, it's all just it's one deck. It's, in fact, it's not that large of a room to begin with. So kind of interesting how they're going about it there. But, hey, making good use of their space. So there's your answer. Sorry we didn't get to it sooner, but, you know, at least we have the right answer out there. But thank you, Michael, for the email. And, of course, we'll have Michael on in an upcoming episode very, very quickly because Michael just can't stay away. We love having Michael on here. Next, we have an email from Brian McKim, who writes, I finally got to iTunes supposed to review on your podcast as a devout Google Android user. It pained me to use an Apple product, but was glad to promote your awesome blog and podcast. Thank you very much. What I wanted to add to my review, nicknamed Brian McKim, but didn't want to hurt you with the casual list or something upon your blog, was that not only do my wife and I enjoy your podcast, but it also does wonders in putting my six-month-year-old daughter to six-month-old daughter to sleep as we listen to your podcast while driving. The sweet sounds of your voice must provide comfort to her. Have you ever considered narrating children's books? Thanks again for a great blog and podcast. Wow, Brian, thank you so much. I'm so glad I can put children to sleep. <laughs> I know you meant that in a very nice way. But it's... it's I, <laughs> you don't want to ever hear that you put people to sleep, but it's. I'm glad that I can provide a service, and you and your wife can enjoy the podcast a little bit without some noise going on in the back there. So, I'm. I'm. You're welcome. I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Thank you for the email, Brian. Next, we're gonna have an email from Carlos. And Carlos writes, Matt, my girlfriend and I are going on our third cruise in May 2015, and she is very interested in going to a nude beach. Oh, okay. I did a little research and was able to find a few in Jamaica, but I heard they're closed or no longer doing the nude beach. I'll be going on Freedom of the Seas, and they stop in Falmouth, Jamaica. Please give me any inside information you have on nude beaches in Jamaica or Cozumel. Maybe you can even make a whole episode on this, as I know a lot of people do enjoy their freedom. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, okay, so this is definitely a topic that we have not covered yet. So it's actually interesting. One of the islands I know they do a lot of, there's a lot of toplessness is in St. Martin. Uh, I've seen it firsthand. It's it's something that is very European. Obviously, the, the island being half owned by the French, half owned by the Dutch, European countries. It's very much something that happens, I wouldn't say very often, but it's not uncommon to see it. But this is just toplessness. It's not full nudity, and you're talking about something different. And I think, in fact, I can't think of anywhere offhand that does the full nudity. That's a different issue. Toplessness is very different outside the United States. It's very much... Uh, in, in Europe, it's very common, in fact, as I mentioned. So there are definitely places where uh, this goes on. If you're looking for a nude, if you're talking about nude, is like nothing on you. You know, your birthday suit kind of experience, that's a little different. I'm going to be honest, I can't give any firsthand experience on this, although the internet will be your friend in this. And actually, I found 
two options for you. In Jamaica, it seems like you have a little more option. There's a place called Breeze's Trelawney, and that seems to offer it. The, actually, one of the best places, if you really you don't you won't have time for it because it's too far away, is an, an area of Jamaica called Negril, and there's a resort called Hedonism, and that is definitely would have been up your alley, but I don't think you're gonna be able to get there, and you, you probably have enough time to get there, and then have to turn around and get back for the ship. In Cozumel, it looks like it's very uncommon. So maybe you have some toplessness here and there, but it's more like really the exception than the rule. And I'm not saying too much in terms of either on Cozumel or even on the mainland in terms of this kind of option. People are basically talking about going to the east side of the island and kind of going to one of those more private beaches and, you know, kind of just going for it. Hopefully nobody says anything to you. But, yeah, it's not very common. In fact, I think you would have more common, again, if you did an Eastern Caribbean cruise, I think you'd have more options for you just from a, just from seeing what, what's over there. Again, the more European you get a little different experience there. So sorry, it doesn't sound like this is going to be quite up your alley. I don't, and I think if you want full t- full nudity, in fact, you're going to need to find a kind of a private resort. Toplessness is one thing, but full nudity, totally different. So, But you know what? We're here to answer all of your questions, even, even these kinds. So thank you for the email, Carlos. I really appreciate it. Let's have one more email. What do you guys say? All right, one more, one more, one more. Let's go to an email, of course. It's from our good friend Christopher Percy, who writes to us in episode 85, Quantum of the Seas Preview. I've been traveling a cruise ship on Princess Ship. Oh, no, he didn't just say that. And a land cruise, too. And did not have an opportunity to review some previous episodes. However, we'll only comment on this episode. I'm looking forward to your live daily blogs when you're on Quantum of the Seas, especially since you'll be solo this time. It sounds like you'll have an amazing cruise with the shows and special dining you are planning. Lots of sea days equates to lots of fun exploring the ship. Enjoy the cruise and safe travels. Christopher, thank you for the great email. And of course, I had a great time on board that ship. And it was, it really had a really fun time. It was just, uh, you know, <laughs> what a vacation. I really thought it was, it was a wonderful time. And thank you for the email, Christopher. I'm glad you were able to. I'm hopefully... Assuming you were able to enjoy those live blogs that I did, really, that for me is like, it's it's my way of, my favorite way, in fact, of sharing the cruise experience with all of you. So I'll post a link in our show notes at royalcaribbeanblog.com for more information on that. I also wanted to alert everybody who's listening. I mentioned this last week's episode, but I'm going to mention it again. We're planning our next Royal Caribbean Blog group cruise. I want you to be there for it. We had such a great time with the group that, that came with us. A lot of them are coming back again, and we want you to join us as well. So this time... February 21st, 2016, we are sailing on the largest cruise ship in the world, Allure of the Seas. That's right. So you know what? Go to our show notes right now. Go to royalcaribbeanblog.com. I'll post a link for more information on this group. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do Western Caribbean. We're going to go to a number of great ports, in, including the aforementioned Cozumel and Falmouth. <laughs> Whatever you do there, hey, I'm not judging. But uh, we're going to have a great time. We're seriously on board the ship. And, you know, it's, it's so much fun when we have other Royal Caribbean fans there. Who can, you know, it was just, what, what a great experience. And I'm hoping that we're going to get even more people to join us this time. So more details at royalcaribbeanblog.com. And of course, I want to hear from you, your thoughts, emails, questions, anything regarding Royal Caribbean, as I mentioned, as exampled, exemplified rather, in this episode, anything about Royal Caribbean. We want to talk about it. It's, it's what makes it fun because you know what? In my daytime, I don't get to talk cruising. I love talking cruising. If it's once a week, hey. That's what makes it even better. So uh, email me, Matt, M-E-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com, M-E-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.